0: Sebastian for the Metal Gods Meltdown. And this evening I am joined by
1: Carl Kennedy from The Rods, 450s in Kennedy. Um, I really love the
0: 13-track compilation that's been released. You guys just never never sound dated with The Rods. It just doesn't sound dated. Thank you.
1: That's a big compliment. I appreciate it.
0: How how do you think that is, and why is is insane? You just never sound dated, guys.
1: You know, I think it's um. Uh, you know, we've always been true to ourselves, but we've also we love music, so we're always listening, and that's seeps into what you do as a writer. So I'm sure that there's there are components of our original what we've sorted through, like from our early roots, but then what we're learning and and listening to today. So. You know, it comes out, and so it comes out as your own style. But it kind of freshens up what you're doing and enlivens it, and and brings something new to it. So I don't know that I think it's that. um You know, I don't know what to say about that other than thank you for the compliment. But we do just do what we do. That's the one thing we've decided on years ago was we can't be all things to all people. You know, the rods can only be the rods, and uh, we have a saying in the rods which we laugh about. But there's a in all comedy there's an element of truth and that is that we always say when we bring in a song if it takes more than five minutes to learn or has more than three records it's not a good rod song so yes <laughs> that's brilliant uh-huh. that's brilliant.
0: it really is heavy metal the way it should be and always always hopefully will be it's great <laughs> okay so i'm gonna ask you next about being the ultimate power trio is that a fair comment
1: well, I mean, it's a very kind comment, but um, I know that from early on, for me, the bands I loved were, and listened to and tried to emulate the drumming from those songs were The Who, and I know that's not a trio, but it was three pieces, guitar, bass, and drums with the lead singer, but it's still musically three pieces. Yeah. The Who, uh, Hendrix, uh, Cream, those bands were all like huge influences Led Zeppelin again, not a trio, but three instruments and a lead singer. So those are the bands that were and blue cheer. So these are all my influences. Yeah. So winding up, not that I've always played in a three piece band, but once we started the rods and we did three piece, David and I fit together so well. Oh, the way we wrote songs, the way we played together, and I think it shows to this day that we we have a connection musically and um, And so being in the power trio is such a natural thing for me. I, you know, when I played in other bands, I love it. I do play different disciplines as a drummer and uh, you know, I spent 20, almost 22 years playing with this band called the Jeffrey James Band where we did all popular music, played weddings and corporate events and all and uh, all kinds of music. And I love doing that. And uh, but you know, nonetheless, my heart is with power trio, so just a so, normal thing. And David, I think is basically the same thing. I mean, he played with Elf, with Ronnie, but uh, you know, that was he was always into the power trio thing as well.
0: So when he played the weddings and that in the past, how many times have people come up to you and said, I recognize you, you're in the rocks? Has that happened lots?
1: It's 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 happened. In fact, <laughs> I've done I've done a few drum solos at weddings that were unexpected because, oh, my God, this guy, he's in the rods. That's Carl Kennedy from the Rods. And then like, do a drum solo, do a drum solo. So in the middle of a wedding, you know, there's a wedding band. I mean, and the other the other joke in the in the band with bass player Tony and the guitarist Scary would always joke about. We have this there was this medley, a Motown medley. And of course, I would be putting double bass in this medley. And so the joke is always, you know, it's a Motown. Bring in the Motown whenever I play double bass. Cause that's what I did. I would try to bring what I was learning and my daughter was instrumental in that. My daughter said to me, I was going to leave Jeffrey James. She's like, I like I don't really you know, I don't know. I was getting bored with it and years ago when she said. You love playing drums and of course there was another drummer in the band a percussionist who would take over whenever I wanted to leave to play with the rods. But she said you love playing drums. You know, why would you not play? And so I re I thought about that and I decided that I would use it as a way to practice and play things. And so I would dissect all the songs and I would learn new things separate from what the band was doing. And then I would just implement them in the band and practice things like being open handed. So I'm playing left hand ride. Normally I play right hand, but I decided I'm going to play this set with left hand and right and it kept it interesting for me. And it was a, it was actually great because it opened up a lot of avenues as a drummer. So,
0: that's you know. awesome. So when the rods play live, how gratifying is it for you to like when you look out on the crowd? It's not just like old people like me and you, um, but you got youngsters there too. I must be so amazing to see that that the youth yeah. are loving you what you do. Yes,
1: yeah, Sebastian, it's old people like me, not you. you you're still young, but um, <laughs> but it, it amazes me. And I have a cameo to do that. I just received a request. And he's 28 years turning 28 and wants me to do a shout out he saw us at Ragnarokker oh my god six years ago something like that right and uh, and he said it was life-changing for him to see the rods live and so I'm going to do a birthday shout out for him but he's 28 and so when I look out in the crowd and I see so many young people and I have young drummers who are phenomenal but they respect the way I play and appreciate it just as I appreciate theirs, it's pretty amazing to see because it's not a uh, not what I really expected but I think once I made peace with the rods being who we are uh, it seemed like that changed you know 15 years ago when we really started recording again I had to make peace with it because there's so many phenomenal drummers that I'm like well you know what you're probably not going to play that way
0: mm-hmm. absolutely so I saw you guys in Newcastle upon time. I can't remember what it was about seven, maybe eight years ago. It was uh, maybe mm-hmm. more than that. I know you're out on tour at the moment in the States, aren't you? Um, mm-hmm. we're playing some shows. Anyway, are the hopes to get back over the water? Upon- well, right now,
1: I hope so. We're right now. We're, we're really re-energized with the band and uh, we're we're really happy and we're looking to book dates. I know there's some discussion about tour in Spain first part of next year. Um, I don't know what will happen with this talking about Japan, uh, Japanese tour. So, you know, these are all things that are just being discussed. However, hopefully they will come to fruition. I'd love to get back. UK for me is uh, one of the countries that obviously doing the Iron Maiden tour. I fell in love with the country, the people. You know, I would love to come back and I love Europe. There's so many countries we've played in Europe that we have friends and I love their fans. And, uh, you know, Europe really is more home to me than it is um, U.S. because we haven't toured extensively in the U.S. because it's such a huge country and there are only pockets of metal fans here, like Texas. You know, they're great, but there are a lot of places that just there's no metal. You're not going to play there. (laughs) I know, I
0: can imagine. Um, so, when you are playing Rod's songs, which two are your favorites? Then,
1: hmm, that's a good question. Um, that's a difficult question. You know, the old saying: they're all like my children. I know. Children. <laughs> <laughs> How can I choose one over the other? I wasn't sure um, I would have asked you that one, Yeah, no, 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 that's right. When you have kids, you choose one or the other. one, probably the one that's not in jail, is the one you like the least. But, but I think it's a. Uh, I think it's i I still love playing like the songs like too hot to stop i love I love those songs, but I love evil and me, I love um playing Brotherhood of metal. I love violation is always fun I, I you know it's really hard for me to pick one i mean those that the set list we're doing right now includes those songs, but oh. you know the older songs like crank it up, they're still fun to play, but it's a different kind of um I love the new songs as well so. I, I can't answer that question. I gave you a crappy answer. I'm sorry. That's cool.
0: That's cool. <laughs> OK, so moving on to the next band, the 450s album. I really have enjoyed that. It's very different. I really enjoyed it, but can you tell me um, a bit about the Columbine song?
1: And the inspiration and the video. Rhett the singer and I love. I'm glad to hear you say you like the 450s because yeah, I'm so so proud of it. I think it's a great album. Uh, we recorded it in the studio live with very cool. minimal overdubs, uh-huh. and uh, I love it. But um, the song Columbine, the singer Rhett, who was the singer in Young Turk, band I produced and managed for Geffen and uh, and Virgin, uh, he's a brilliant guy, brilliant writer, great lyricist. and But the songs he writes are based on basically people he knows or true mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, and so Columbine was—it's a bit of a a hodgepodge, but uh, like you know, like there are names of people he knows and uh, in that, and he would be the one to answer it. But um, I can only say that he writes from experience and uh, and true stories, and the lyrics are so good, but also so—he's so prolific, and he can write so quickly, and just be amazed at the at what he writes. Really, I hate to say the guy's a poet, but he could really be a poet. He could do spoken word. Cool.
0: I mean, with that band, are there plans to head out on the road with the 450s anytime soon?
1: Well, thank you, COVID. Um, you know, that's really put a put a big damper on doing live dates. But we are looking to now, we hope to play. I mean, that's one of the things we want to do is do some live dates. Yeah. But we are planning on doing uh, getting together and starting to write for the new album and definitely hopefully doing a second album. So we will right. see what what materializes, but I love it. I'm proud of it. Excellent.
0: Well, talking the second albums, what about your next solo album? Are you busy writing that as well? I know you're a very busy man. You have your fingers in so many different pies. but um, are you planning? Because last time I spoke to you in 2020, I think the album was just about to be released.
1: And we're talking about the Kennedy album, correct?
0: Sorry, yeah, the Kennedy album. Yeah. Yes,
1: the Kennedy album. And so the Kennedy album, we started writing it, and we've got three songs in, and we've been offered a record deal. But as it turns up, I've decided to put that project on hold, and I have a new project that I'm very excited about, and I can't talk about it. Okay. Uh, some great musicians and uh, the sing- plus the singer from Kennedy as well. But right. it's in its infancy. And yes, we have about five songs well underway and we'll see what comes of it. Um, cool. it's, it's one of those things when you're putting in a new project, it is, uh, you know, will it survive or not? But it's so far, I'm very, very excited about it. Awesome. And I'll be thrilled when I can announce it. And uh, so we'll see, I will let you know.
0: Awesome. I got a little bit excited then because I'm a big Sebastian back fan, my namesake Sebastian. I was thinking, is he? Go- he's going to say he's got Sebastian Bach singing for him because he hasn't released um, an album. <laughs> yeah, he I really, love it. such an album for years. Such a great singer. <laughs> he's amazing, absolutely.
1: And it always um, seems like such a waste when there's there are people, there are some musicians who are just super talented, and they don't live up to what you're not i'm sure they live up to their expectations of themselves but they don't live up to you know my my expectations of them i think he's so great i would would love to have see him much much more by this time
0: Absolutely. I,
1: and i still rest in peace eddie van halen sorry trucks going by um rest in peace eddie van halen but you know i still harbor resentment that. We didn't get at least one more unbelievably great Van Halen album. It should have Absolutely. happened.
0: Absolutely, man. Can't agree more. All right. So I'm going to ask you way back when, Man o War. Do you ever regret that you never sort of stayed with them?
1: I have never once regretted staying with, not staying with Man O' War. Okay. And, uh, and the reason for that, and I've been asked that question a number of times. Yeah. Um, I think that at the time this happened, now, it was a very, very difficult decision. I'd known Joey David and I had worked together. The three of us had worked together and uh, had come up with some couple of song ideas that were really fantastic. Joey and I played so well together. And uh, and then of course, Ross and Eric. So being part of the genesis of that, I was there for the early days, working on all the material um, for the audition for EMI. And uh, so, you know, I was there from the whole beginning and I knew how great it was. I knew it was going to be a monster, monster band. And, uh, but the rods had been signed at the same time. And so my songwriting was important to me. And I knew there was no room in Manowar for my songwriting. And so for me, it was, it was a difficult decision because I loved playing with Manowar, but the writing was on the wall that I would basically be relegated to a sideman position and I didn't want to be that. And so as much as I would have loved to have continued on because the songs to this day, I hear the songs and, you know, I have demos of the songs that, that I did with them or the rehearsal rehearsals I did with the band, but unbelievable energy in the early days with us. And uh, I still hear the songs and it takes me back and I'm I love the songs just as much as I did when we were working on them in the in the studio. So but the answer to the question is no, I never regretted it and, uh, and I'm glad I never regretted it because I think those yeah. kind of things for people, they just eat at you. But I've been very happy with my life and how really? how my life has gone and, uh, you know, I mean, I would love to have had the rods achieve the same status man of war achieved. But it, you know, that's the way it goes. So I'm fine. Excellent. And I'm, And I'm sitting here at my lake house so it's not like I'm don't cry for me you know I'm not exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right and so obviously are you glad that you started out back when you did rather than in this crazy internet age in a band or working in the music industry because absolutely crazy isn't it these days
1: well it's it really is and uh, that's a really great question because when I started, you know, you were bottlenecked. You had the only way you were going to be successful is to be signed to a major label who had that was the conduit to mass success. And like today, you can do be an indie breakout and it happens. You have a lot of options on, you know, TikTok, YouTube. You can go on some yeah. show, America's got talent, Britain's got talent, whatever. You have so many avenues, but but when I started, it was uh, it was a whole different world and the conduit was. Through a major label and without that you were doing nothing. You were. That was it. Where, but so having said that, that was that was something that was, you know, once you did achieve that it at least gave you a bit of a push and some prestige and so on. But today it's uh, it's the Wild West, you know, you can walk into McDonald's and somebody will hand you a. A zip drive of an album that they did, you know, do you want fries with that and here's here's my zip drive because I just (laughs) did a whole new album So it's so prevalent. to have, and it's so easy to obtain material and recording gear and uh, So everybody can do it at home However, it's tough to rise above the noise, isn't it? There's so much out there and so, so much is derivative and so, as one of one of the my friend who's an A and R top A guy, just you know, I I look to sign bands who create a new genre. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, great. In in the metal scene, like it's tough to create. what you're going to do, like how many subgenres are there in the metal scene? For exactly. just for example, yeah. so uh, you know, so let's say country, are we going to let let's invent the swing country uh, death metal? Like like wh- where do you go with it, and how do you yeah. Like you know, it's a nice thing to say, but you kind of have to be true to yourself as an artist. And I think if you do that as an artist, that's great. And now you have avenues to pursue. But if you're over twenty two, I've had two a and r people, top a people say, "I don't sign anyone over twenty two and I don't sign anyone over twenty wow. so five. so and and I know I've heard that from uh, from a friend about another a r person who's very successful who says the same thing. So that, in and of itself, if you're 25, 25 is hardly old when you look at someone like Tony Bennett, who's out there yeah. killing it. When you look at, you know, ACDC or, you, you know, you look at yeah. Paul McCartney, 80 years old, doing close to a three-hour show. Yeah. Um, so it's certainly discouraging in that sense in terms of a major label deal. So if you're not a dancer, singer and, uh, you know, the triple threat and uh, doing pop music, it's going to be tough for a rapper. So. I I'll a long story here, long winded. Sorry, but so on one hand, I love the freedom that it gives you because you can be true to yourself. We would have certain things. You need a single. We're a heavy metal band. How You know what kind of single we're going to get on the radio in the 80s. Um, you know, for the band like the rods, like it's like Motorhead, you know, are they going to put out a song that's just going to blow up the charts on a singles radio next to a Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, Stevie Wonder song? No, H- highly unlikely. But now you can be true to yourself you can put it out you can be creative you can use your iPhones to make videos so i love that i love that 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 freedom is there and you can get your music out put it on youtube
0: but yeah.
1: i also i also recognize that it is incredibly hard to rise above the din and uh, and i experienced it with the 450s we've had great reviews but it's hard to get the fans to listen because the 450s just as an example doesn't really fit in in a box. It's not like on the, the shelf with tomato soup or chicken noodle soup. The 450s fit somewhere in between, but there's no shelf. Yeah, <laughs> tomato soup and chicken noodle soup. So yeah, you, you keep pushing, you keep pushing it and pushing it, but sorry, there's no shelf space kids. So that makes it difficult. But uh, you know, it's a different day. And I, I love it, though. I do love the fact that you put things out on your own and screw dealing with record labels who sometimes yeah. I've, hit, I've had had R people were just clueless. And that's what you had to go through to get yeah. somewhere. But they were literally clueless people. They were business people mm. and uh, waste of time. But that was the proverbial ass you had to kiss.
0: <laughs> okay, so going back again, those sort of um, vinyls making a uh, resurgence, resurgence. Mm. And I'm so pleased. But I've been going back around the old record stores, re really getting the albums I had years ago. Which they didn't look after very well. And they cost a fortune now, but um, they do. They do. How gratifying is it though to see it back? I think it's great to see the vinyl back.
1: I think so too, because for me again, growing up, I would watch, I would put on an album and I would listen to it as an album. Yeah. Not not a singles driven market, which my daughter's grown up in. Just like I did when I first started. It was all I would buy 45s and yeah. for you kids that's a very small vinyl with a big hole in the middle of it and uh but you know i would five i would buy the yeah. loved it you buy the album and then half the time yeah. you get one that hit song and maybe one maybe other song on the album the rest was crap it would be filler but you know as we got to the 70s the albums were fantastic top to bottom and I it was a bunch of years ago now like 15 years ago I would say um, but I put on I've been listening to CDs and we were remastering things and listening and I dropped the needle on an album and I was blown away at the warmth and the, the low end and how great vinyl sounds so of course vinyl yeah. as time goes on we know if you don't care for your records and use really good equipment you're going to have scratches you're going to have pops and clicks and whatever mm-hmm. but vinyl sounds great isn't it no doubt about it. it really does
0: okay so next question then sort of to do with vinyl what was the first album that you ever 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 owned do you remember
1: the first single I ever bought which is not what you asked me but i'm going to answer okay. this <laughs> first single I ever bought was "Purple People Eater" by uh, Sheb Wooley, and I got to meet Sheb Wooley, and we actually hung out for a while at New Music Seminar, uh, and that was great because that was the first single I ever bought. The first album I ever bought was South Pacific, and I was All right, okay. I was like eight eight years old, I think something like eight years old, and I and saw the movie and loved some of the songs in it, and. Uh, went and bought the album, first album. Love it. So what song from
0: any band sums up how you're feeling today?
1: Today, interesting today. I so, and I sometimes I don't think of it often enough. But the one of the highlights, if not the highlight, of my career, has been Ronnie Dio singing the code that I wrote, a song I wrote, and watching him record and him asking me, "Can I change this?"